Hello and welcome to Court Games, a Legend of the Five Rings podcast, funded by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord Patreon. This podcast will focus on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Kova. I'm Kikita Kaori. And this week we are continuing talking about secession crises. Uh, or kind of how to take all the stuff we talked about last week about succession and turn it into something for your games because uh it's it's great that this happens in the world but it's not necessarily relevant until your pcs get into the middle of the mess so how do we go about doing that <laughs> right so succession crises are where something goes wrong with the expected line of secession and i think they can actually be a pretty fertile ground for adventure seeds and things to do in your campaign i want to talk about you know some of the ways these things can go wrong then we're going to look at like more specific ideas so generally the the setup is something goes wrong when the there isn't a designated heir and there is only tradition to guide people so maybe the ruler or whoever the daimyo has no direct surviving children more than one person is closest in inverted commas to being the heir or at least more than one person can have a case made for them uh an example in old five hours the end of the second day of thunder when everything was done and dusted and Totori is deciding what to do the scorpion had done a, a good job getting rid of the hante some people would say that um, oh they would have just found some otomo who was the right claimant but the problem is you're going to find more than one and then people are going to argue and then it because of the power involved that's that's going to end up in in a mess and that's yeah and that's where things get complicated right so there's a you know we said last time that it works best as a relevant thing in l5r if you don't think of like the imperial law covering every last uh, complicated scenario. They don't in our modern world, so why would it in Rokugan? Yeah, and, and, and a lot of it comes down to tradition, and it's going to, in, in some cases, it's going to come down to, is is a first cousin once removed closer than a second cousin? And, like, some people admit, I admit some people know that immediately and go, oh, I know which, I know which one, but I don't. And you and you're going to start getting third cousins twice removed versus you know a, a second cousin once removed. It's like uh, I don't even know what those mean. And in fact, if I remember rightly, there's two ways of being a first cousin once removed, and so on. There's there's different ways. Right. Uh, you can also have the ruler having children, but the children are from more than one spouse. Or a spouse and a concubine. We haven't talked about concubines very much. They haven't shown up a whole lot in story. So it's like they probably in Rokugan don't have the same role as they did in real life Japan or real life China, which is okay because it's a really, really, it, that goes along with fixing a lot of the gender related problems in this fantasy world. So I, I kind of feel bad about writing concubine for precisely that reason. And having hung around uh, a few historians, like I, I like, I don't really do much research, but I listen to people who do, who do. 
Sometimes this concubine word really means wife. It's just that there's a primary wife and a secondary wife. And I mean, and this is one of the things that really only affects men because women know women know who who the, who their child is. I know I know where that child come, came from. I was there at the time, right? I was there the whole time. I know where that child comes from. Whereas you know, with, with men, it's the other way around, and, and it's not like that. But so we say concubine because we in the West we don't really have two different varieties of wife. Like there's literally a wife whose child can inherit and a wife whose child can't unless the first one doesn't have it and it's slightly more complicated but i kind of we tend to say concubine it's not quite the same thing but you also have situations like the unicorn where they're they can polygamy all over the place and that can end up with which one counts as the legitimate child if one hasn't been specified or which one counts as the eldest if no one hasn't been specified. And yeah, the moment you kind of, uh, it could be either one of these. So this one might not be used, used much in Rockigan and certainly might not be used in your Rockigan because of the aforementioned, uh, issues. But it comes up a lot in, in, in dramas. So I, that's why I mentioned it. And you can also, of course, have the, you know, have a, a child who is, uh, considered a, uh, a bastard child, uh, a, a child that is born out of out of marriage relationship, and whether they can inherit when they when they come back, or or what what might be related to that. So they can have children from more than one person. It just might not be more than one one spouse. And 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 it may and it may not be one of those. It may be one of the things. It's uh, so long as doubt can be cast. Right, which can often be just down to prejudice, honestly. Like, if someone can say, oh, well, you see, I don't think that counts. And if enough people agree, then you've got a problem. And it's it's having the problem that, that causes all these plots to happen. Moving on, you sometimes get the, the, the who it is meant to be is fairly obvious due to the tradition being fairly clear for once. But everyone is like, we do not want that person inheriting that would be bad. An example of that could be uh, with Sotori versus Daisetsu. And a lot of people, and even Jodan himself, the emperor was like, um, I know you're the oldest and all that, but... So that's an issue that, that often comes up, where the there's a big enough faction to say, even though technically, but no... And that could be enough to drive all these 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 plots and this these this chaos and the problems that uh, that can come along with it. Right. Another reason that uh, it might be brought into question, or the oldest child or legitimate heir uh, might be brought into question, is if they were thought to be dead for some reason, um, kidnapped as a child, or you know, or left for dead or something like that. And then they suddenly recently return. So now they are back. They are adults. But are they really the heir or are they somebody else pretending to be the heir? Yep. And, and in Rock again, there's all sorts of other 
options for that instead of, in, you know, in, in the real world, you know, someone missing for a bit and then someone turned up later and said, I am that child, honest. D- def- definitely, I'm definitely not faking it. I'm definitely that person. I should inherit. Uh, Rockingham has some, some very odd things could happen, which I think we're going to get to because I've, I've, I've got a list of things like to do. Um, I have a, a list of kind of the legitimacy. I'll say the eldest child here, but the legitimacy of the expected heir is brought into question. And I mean, not just legitimacy in, in the traditional, were you born on the right side of the bedsheets? It's a weird expression now I think about it, kind of thing. Given that people can be adopted as adults, or indeed as children, but they can be adopted and adopted to be the heir, right? That, that was a thing that happened, and it's, it's been known to happen in Rockyan. What if the legitimacy of that adoption is called into question. Especially when you have things like mind control actually being a thing, you know, the the adopted heir that the old lord says definitely and absolutely without doubt should be the one to inherit is also someone people might suspect of being a Mahosukai who is using mind control to make the befuddled patron choose them to, to adopt them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you could also look at what happened with Baishi Shoju, where he turns up with this edict saying, Daisetsu inherits, but nobody trusts him because he's Baishi Shoju. Even though we, the audience, know that he it's all legit and that's what Jodan wanted, it's, it's called into question because no one trusts this one person is bringing the news. So, yeah, the, the legitimacy in that case is, you know, slightly different. The legitimacy of who has been declared to be the heir, the legitimacy of that declaration is brought into question. Absolutely. Sometimes there can be a designated heir, but maybe that designated heir dies just before they can inherit and there were no one else. So that's certainly a, a possibility or the designated heir is framed for something or otherwise is like, or, or is kidnapped or missing or something like that. Uh, so who, who takes command of handling the matters of inheritance when the designated heir, heir is, is missing? It's also what's happening right now in the imperial secession, which is, I mean, I think, I think the Imperial Session in the current plotline of Letter of Five Rings is a good example of how these things can turn into stories and plots. Because we've got a whole bunch of these things. We've got legitimately called into question. We've got, oh, they're, they're, both Imperial Princes are missing. There's suspicion, uh, yeah, suspicion over who's done what to whom and on all sorts of stuff. And there's, there's secrets that are, that we know as the readers, but, aren't known to the general population. And when they come out, they are going to change people's minds. And that, that hopefully, hopefully the story will continue and this will all become a glorious mess, which sounds like an odd thing to say, but that's what you want in your fiction. And in the, kind of the final thing is that there are historical cases where the ruler deliberately didn't choose an heir. And there's a couple of reasons, there's a few reasons for this. Usually, they're, actually, they're usually fairly dumb, but they, it's like they want the potential heirs to prove themselves 
they sometimes want to play the heirs off each other to either stop the heirs potentially murdering them to gain the throne or the provincial daimyoship or the head of the family ship or, or whichever, or to stop them from murdering each other. Because if, if someone is going to inherit a position of power and wealth and status, you might want to stop them from murdering each other to try and be the one left standing and so on. And so you, you kind of deliberately keep it vague to make it difficult for them to know who to murder, especially to not murder you. Either way, this kind of thing can backfire because what if you haven't sorted this out by the time you die of natural causes? And that's, that's happened historically a few times. Right. And if your family tradition is to give the secession to the child who is the most capable warrior or warlord, which was used in historical Japan, then, and you have two kids who are considered good warlords, they might disagree about which of the two among them is the better warlord and uh, go to prove it against each other. Yes. And, and, and even if they're not trying to prove it directly against each other, because I, I mean, one plot is you get a civil war with them trying to fight each other. But it could equally be them both looking to start fights in order for them to be able to lead troops into battle so they can prove that they are the better warlord, which is all very fine and good, except for all the people they're trying to start fights with. <laughs> and so, you know, that's the thing you have to sort out. So those are some kind of ideas of, of how it can go wrong. In any event, you, for a full-blown crisis, you definitely need more than one faction. You need people who are backing either both of the heirs. And your PCs end up being somewhere in there. Yeah, because if, if it's like, oh, no, who will inherit? We don't know. And everyone goes, oh, it's Bob. And everyone goes, yeah, yeah, oh, phew. I was worried for a moment there. Everything's fine. And as we all know, if everything's fine, then the player characters don't have anything to do. So, <laughs> yeah, so there are also different motivations for, okay, why does one person choose one heir over the other, which can lead to different motivations and different people can end up on one side or the other. So the obvious one is this person genuinely believes that this is the proper chosen heir and their duty is to support them. Nice and simple. Mm -hmm. They could also believe that, or know that this particular heir is their own child. Uh, a mother can champion their child if the father is the person passing the property, is, is, which is kind of staple of the genre. Or in Rokugan, because we can gender flip, because it's more equal, you can have it the other way around. So you could have two different fathers uh, trying to promote their children when the mother is going to be passing along their title and estates. High-ranking children are often raised by wet nurses, so those wet nurses can end up being more important than the child's mother in their life. So those are servants 
in uh, Rokugan, you also have, um, for example, you know, in The Lion, children are taught by veterans who are, you know, their, their tutors as well. So in either event, um, they're... The, the the women or men in this position can also be the ones pushing the the child that they prefer ahead. So it can be like an illiteral parental relationship, or it could be this these kind of parent like, you know, this is my parent figure, and they see yeah you know, like a, a revered sensei and their best students. That could be a a kind of parent child it can feel like that and so you end up with the same dynamic where i am going to be on the side of this person because of the relationship i have with them i see them like a child in some cases because they they literally are their child moving away from kind of there's there's kind of those are kind of the nice reasons if you like um but you also get just simple ambition if if i if i kind of get on this bandwagon and my chosen candidate wins, well, they're going to be very grateful to me. So I'm going to try and push them forward purely from my own ambition. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you it could just be hatred. You really have enmity towards this other person, this the other heir or the faction supporting the other heir, and you will do whatever it takes to harm them including you know stripping them of their inheritance mm-hmm. yeah yeah are, are you on it, it can be like are you are you on team daisetsu or team satori and someone could say i'm on team anyone but satori right <laughs> you know or anyone but daisetsu depending and some people are kind of in a in a just want to see the world burn kind of way <laughs> they just want to destabilize that faction like if you've got a, a provincial governor and that's the secession that's in dispute, you could have someone who just wants to destabilize that province. And I don't they don't care who inherits. In fact, they're probably happy if neither person inherits. What they want is to destabilize that faction. And so they will support one and then switch, or they'll support the one they think is going to be the worst candidate. Anything to just destabilize and just make things worse for those people you know both sides or all three sides or all four sides depending on how many potential heirs there are the other reason and this is particularly in a world where there's arranged marriage arranged relationships is that you could have a person who is in love with one of the heirs um or uh, is in love with somebody else destabilizing it. So if the person is in love with one of the heirs and wants to promote their position, their ambition could try and push that heir forward. Or if a um, marriage, for example, is arranged with a position rather than a person and they love a person who is not the immediate person to get that position, uh, they might uh, try to get the person they love into that position so that they would be able to to marry marry them. So this is also a lot of uh, personal drama that way. I'm going to be marrying whoever the family daimyo is. I don't want the family daimyo to be this person because then I'd have to marry them. I want I want the family daimyo to be this person. Yeah. There's, there's another kind of 
aspect to specifically running a succession crisis in a game, which is I've kind of the way I've been conceptualizing is that what kind of level do you run this at? And so you get things like at the moment in Legend of Five Rings, the storyline, there is a succession crisis in the Imperial line because some people think Satori should inherit, some people think Daisetsu should inherit, and they're both missing, right? So that can affect the entire empire. You also had a bit of a crisis with the Crane clan as a whole between Kuanon and Hotaru. So that's affecting an entire great clan. You can go down to the great clan family daimyo, say, who's the head of the Kakita? I'd seem to be sticking with the crane for the moment. <laughs> you could also have a minor clan. You could have a provincial governor. If no, it's just one of those things. Is the provincial governorship, is that inherited or is that always assigned? And that might vary from clan to clan. And beneath the level of the, of the provincial governor, because some provinces are divided up into Shugo. I think Shugo is actually the name of the, the post, not the domain. I call these domains. So a province can have more than one domain. And, uh, that's, so, so you, you know, this is kind of bigger to smaller. You can go smaller than that. Like who's going to inherit the leadership of this fireman gang? Who's going to inherit you know, this merchant family. And that's also important, actually, depending. Or or just a, a village, Shanshu, if you want that, you know, who is a, a Shanshu being, we've talked about it a little bit before, being a, when you have a village that is under the care of one samurai family. It's just a small village under one samurai family. It's not a big position. But uh, that, that, that village, Shanshu, is still a still a little... Little bit of land, and for the people who who live there, it's a very important little piece, bit of land. Absolutely, absolutely. And if 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 your your family or your group could get that piece of land as opposed to someone else, then it becomes important. There's a line somewhere that sometimes the lower the stakes, the more vicious it can get. Mm-hmm. Less oversight. <laughs> Less oversight. Um, the higher you go up with the chain, however, the greater impact it has on the setting. And the more that the game master has to remember and, and keep track of. So uh, the ripple effects of bigger secession crisis can be broader. So, Yeah, I mean, given at the moment the official story of Legend of the Five Rings isn't progressing... So some people who have been following the meta plot in their games may decide which of Daisetsu and Sotori becomes emperor, right? And what happens when the story continues and it doesn't pan out the way you did? You had it happen. And so now you've got a setting that isn't quite the same as the official setting and you're going to keep track of the differences you know, new game material is going to come out and it's not quite going to fit because you have to remember, oh, no, wait, this position is different. This clan champion's different. That kind of thing. Um, I, I kind of make a case for the Shugo level, which is the sub-province. Like, so there's more than one in a province. Uh, they're the lowest level on the status chart who get to be called daimyo. 
And because they're below the level of provincial governor, they don't tend to get featured in the official materials. So I think they're an excellent candidate for PCs to, I mean, to get involved in, especially at lower levels. I think this, I'm talking about lower levels here, like your rank ones, your rank twos. Um, I, I also feel that a, a Shugo domain is about the size, at least approximately, of what a samurai can looks like in TV and manga and anime and movies. You know, when you say, this is my samurai clan, it's about this many people, it's about this much territory. A Shugo domain seems to be about that, like a few villages, a town, castle town, which is enough for your players to get involved in, but not so big that you're going to completely change the setting and have to keep a whole heap of notes to keep track of where you were. Mm -hmm. Now, as players go up in school and status ranks, they can get involved in bigger domains with larger consequences and have a bigger impact on the setting. If we do get this Adventures in Rokugan thing where they're talking about PCs as legendary heroes or, you know, wor well, working on that grand level, uh, this could be huge, huge transformations, too. And you don't necessarily have to work out every day detail if you're doing on this mythic, mythic kind of level. So, yeah. So I've kind of divided System Crisis into like three levels. The first one is way above the player's level, right? So I've just said that a, a Shugo domain or even the domain, even the, the succession of a, who runs this one particular village, that's a good place for PCs to get involved in. But stuff could happen that's way above the level, right? Like the Imperial Crisis that's happening. What I think they can be used for is that it can, up and change the status quo very quickly. So you're suddenly going to have pro Sotori factions, pro Daisetsu factions, and people who you already, you know, I, I'm comfortable, these people hate these people, they'll never work together, and but these people, they get on really, really well, I know what the landscape is, and it can change overnight. Because some people say, I'm for this guy because, you know, he's the oldest son and that's how it's always been. And I don't trust this edict that came out because it's from Bayushi Shoju. And as we all know, he's horrible and evil. Also, he went, he went to the Shadowlands. <laughs> he's a scorpion. Oh, and also he went to the Shadowlands. And, but the other person is saying, no, 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 no. This was the imperial edict. That's, that was, you know, the, the, it was written, it was dictated to the Emerald Champion, and he himself says that he wrote so it must be Daisetsu. And that could cause factions that are completely different to what you were expecting. And people who were your allies a moment ago might not be because they support the different candidates. Right. Uh, and I th so this, at this kind of level, it's more about how this changes the political landscape and the factions and upsetting the status quo because there's always plots you can come up with with this group are opposed to this group even if it's not hate you know this group hates this group they're just in opposition and that can cause intrigue that can cause plots that can cause people saying look i need you to go and do this to this faction because i need this faction dealt with like and which faction you're suddenly dealing with really can totally change one possible game type is 
the players don't it's not just a mono clan campaign instead of a you know everyone from any clan not just mono clan but they actually share a single daimyo Mm -hmm. if there's a secession crisis there that can be a very personal thing it's still it might be depending on what level the player characters are at that might be above the level and so they might be oh no all these people who i know and care about because they're in my backstory now they're at odds because they can't decide which of these heirs to to choose and now i'm in the middle of this so it can be very personal but at the same time you know beyond the level to directly affect which so that can be be very very personal and different player characters being courted by different people within their faction it could be interesting that depending on your player character's advantages, maybe one or more of them get offered the position themselves. So they are directly involved in the secession crisis. The next kind of level that I want to talk about is uh, what I call a little above the player's level, where technically speaking, you wouldn't expect them to be able to affect things, but they're player characters and they cause things to happen that. You know, normally you wouldn't. So, although they are, yeah, it's it's like the secession of uh, a daimyo, and they're not a daimyo. They they still can directly affect things by what they do. Yeah, I had some examples here. Like you get sent after some bandits, and you get you get told, uh, "Go deal with the bandits." Only the bandits turn out to be the actual true proper heir uh, in hiding because they know someone's, and it turns out someone's tried to murder them, so they've had to go into hiding. And so the person who's trying to oust them has said, oh, no, these terrible bandits, you must go and fight them and don't ask them any questions because they're bandits. You should just straight up murder them. What were them being bandits? And not anyone legitimate in that, that kind of thing. So something that seems like a very simple go deal with the bandits can suddenly turn out to be Actually, the evil vizier is trying to take over the province and things become much more complicated. And it's like, do we believe this person? When you're the one murdering the bandits for the evil vizier. Yeah, the one the one who's been sent to do it. And it's like, do you believe the person who is now saying, no, 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 I'm not a bandit. I realise I look a bit bandity, what was living in, in the woods and, and all that. But honest, not a bandit. But do you believe the person who sent you? I had a slightly more detailed like what like here, which is like so the player characters arrive at a court that is in turmoil. So when I say court, that could be a shugo, it could be a provincial daimyo, it could be, you know, whichever, right? So the current lord is very ill and is not expected to survive and is also not available for comment, right? So they they're sick, no one could, they're not saying anything, you know, that kind of thing. And they have no heir because their sole child died very recently, or whoever was meant to uh, inherit is not... Yeah, they died very, very recently. The closest eligible relative is from a different clan entirely, and they're on their way right now come to take over what they are now claiming is their inheritance, and they're coming in force. They may be saying... It's an honor guard, but they're coming with a bunch of people in force to take possession of what they now claim is their domain. So that's the issue. Maybe the previous heir died in strange circumstances. Is there evidence of, say, murder? If so, who might that point to? Mm-hmm. 
You could also have the Caro looking to find alternative genealogies to find a different heir. And he is wanting to have the PCs delay an incoming claimant. Uh, You could have the PCs doing researching the genealogy or the adoption, looking for for documents related to that themselves uh, because they're trying to sort sort it all out. Mm. Uh, you could use a courtier approach to use, which would use an intrigue to slow this incoming claimant with their army. I was also thinking, like, because you, you don't necessarily always play Fine Upstanding Samurai. You might be playing a shinobi game, and uh, shinobi might do other things, shall we say, to slow down this incoming individual and their troops. So that's the kind of, like, Technically not at your level, but you can still affect things. And the last thing is kind of what I call at your level, where they are directly able to decide or affect the situation, right? The example I give is Emerald Magistrate Campaign. As we know, that's very, very, a very common setup. It could be that they are of a sufficient level that they are the ones who get called in to adjudicate who is meant to inherit, right? So that's what I mean by at their level. I hope that now makes sense when when I'm talking about levels here. (laughs) So the idea I was having here, the the example, is so your Emerald Magistrate PCs, and you go into a particular area, and maybe this is where you are told to go. You may be told, you go here, you sort out this crisis that's going on, yeah? But it could also be that they're just wandering, you know, they're they're on their way from point A to point B. And it turns out that that point C, which is in between them, is is in is having this particular crisis. Oh, brilliant. Uh, Emerald Magistrates, uh, could you please help sort this out, please, so that we know what's going, you know, because otherwise, you know, it's it's going to be a disaster. So please help. And so now they actually have to spend some time working out who is the right heir and who isn't. And they directly have to deal with it. And the example is like maybe one of the claimants, there is a claimant who will go to any lengths to win, right? Her prodigious gambling debts have set her eyes on the treasury because she needs it to kind of get over her problems. Uh, Blackmail is the first plan. You know, blackmailing the other candidates, blackmailing other people of the faction, blackmailing the PCs if she can. Maybe then forging documents to cast doubt on potential heirs. And having said that, though, hiring people to beat people up or even kill, not beyond her ambition. So that could be a situation the player characters find themselves in, where because they are directly responsible, they're right in the thick of it. Of course, you know, the one of the heirs can be not even human <laughs> one one way that they, they sh- are shape changers in uh l5r the most common ones are uh, are kitsune so you could have a kitsune or a tanuki in disguise showing up in which case how do you prove them and then where is the air and have they been bundled off to chikshido or someplace else to get them back Yep, you have to you have to go go find them because they were they were swapped at birth and like oh no this is really complicated we have to go find them and we don't know where they are and what they've turned into in the meantime and 
I thought that might be a kind of Rocky Gunny twist on this whole thing. There are slightly less pleasant variants where it's not a, a Kitsune or a Tanuki who's playing a hilarious jape. It's like a bog hag or a pickle no oni who's actually pretending to be the legitimate heir. Yes. So a bog hag, for those who are not familiar with the whole, all of the glorious things that can be found in the Shadowlands, um, a bog hag is a being that wears the skin that they have removed from a human to in order to shape change like a human. Uh, a peckle no oni is a kind of oni that looks like a small child, um, but can do evil oni, oni things. Yeah, they, they can shape change a lot. Peckle no oni are found, known for their shape changing. There's actually just a peckle. I, can't, I don't know if this is based off a specific Japanese beastie, but there's also just peckles who are not horribly tainted, but there are tainted ones, and that's a peckle no oni. At least there were in old time. I don't know if you, I don't know if they've been mentioned in Nifava, but they're a shape changing type of demon, is what they are in this case. So those are all different kinds of ways to incorporate secession crisis either above your level that are going on. That you can't really affect to slightly above your level where you participate in to ones where it's up to you to your PCs to decide on it. Um, other things that secession crises can send your PCs off to do is to find certain documents that are related to the secession that have been hidden or, you know, stolen or otherwise misfiled or, you know, your 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 quest object could be the missing the missing family records that show the correct chain of secession um, that you have to go. Um, you you could be sent to investigate other claimants. Just like okay, this person says that they're a claimant, but we don't. Nobody here recognizes them. Go find out who they really are, so we can. No, if they are. One faction could send you off to try and influence important people who have not yet come down on one side or the other. You go off and you influence them to our side, which can lead to a whole series of things because, you know, and obviously an intrigue, that seems like a very obvious intrigue type thing, but that could also end up doing tasks for that person to try and get them on your side. Uh, as part of a, a larger plot, larger plan to try and get someone onto your your faction side, you could do the what what uh, you described earlier. You know, delaying uh, a claimant until the right records are found, until the true heir shows up. Um, like you, you know, you don't want this uh, the true heir to have to try and retake his own castle because another claimant is done. There is a certain primary primacy of position. If you're sitting in the spot, it's a lot harder to remove you. So how do you slow them down? Yep, possession being nine tenths and all that. And there may be someone who has been killed or maybe another crime has been committed that was clearly intended to influence the secession in one way or the other. You need to find out who did it. And that could be as simple as, oh, it was very clearly the leader of the opposing faction. It might be, oh, wait, it's a third party trying to destabilize anything. And it could even be the original claimant 
who is faking it to try and get sympathy and also to bolster their own claim by saying, oh, look, the bad guys are trying to murder me. See, see how clearly important I am and see how bad they are. Absolutely. And finally, you know, the preferred heir could be having attempts on their lives to remove them from that preferred heired position by anybody else who is an interested claimant. So you could be uh, assigned to protect this preferred heir. And this could be particularly fun if the preferred heir has something they need to get done themselves while you are protecting them. Yes, they, have their, they might have their own ideas about what needs to be done and their own ambitions and their own motivations. And that might not quite fit with you trying to get them not killed. Right. So, um, well, th- you have a lot of great ideas here. Thank you for, for pulling it all out for us and uh, breaking it down. Hopefully this gave our listeners a, a lot of good ideas for places that they can uh add secession crises to their games or build a campaign around yeah. um, some of these aspects. So Yeah, it can be a good way to shake things up. <laughs> okay, we'd like to finish up with a call out to our sister podcast, Fortune and Strife, which is our affiliated actual play podcast. And also our friends at D20 Radio, where you can find all sorts of role-playing game content in podcast form. I did want to give a shout out to our some of our patrons, uh, Jason M. Flo uh, and Rossi, or who calls or Tatsu Void. Um, they have been supporting our podcast, and we very much appreciate your your helping support us. Our content is funded by the Community Discord Patreon, who primarily supports our editing costs for all of these podcasts, as well as our website. Uh, where you can see and store some of this longer-term information, summaries of our podcasts, have a bunch of uh, RPG tools there, and more. And for our Patreons, we try and have early access to our actual play podcasts, uh, notes, occasional adventure seeds, or special Patreon-only podcasts, uh, and other things as we think of them. Online, you can find us at our website, courtgamespod.com. On Twitter, we are twitter.com slash courtgamespod. And you can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash courtgames. That's it for us this week. This is Kakita Kaori. May the fortunes favor you. And I have been Korvar. And until we meet again, keep your jade handy.
Radio, your gamers' role.